So I pray that as you follow along in the uh, prayer guide in your bulletin, as you look at how to pray for the persecuted church, it's really important to remember to be doing that because we partner with them as we do. And it really is interesting because today we're going to be looking at what does it mean to be surrounded by witnesses. And uh, to think of that in a lot of ways, those brothers and sisters who are part of the persecuted church are indeed um, witnesses to us. So just before we start, uh, how about a quick word of prayer? Father God, thank you. Thank you for the time that you've given us now to open your word. I pray, Father, that you would uh, allow it to speak to us in a powerful way. God, that we would be ready to hear from you. Lord, we're going to be talking about what it means to not grow weary. And you know, Lord, for for many of us, as we are now two, three, four weeks into this corona, Father, that we could be growing weary. And so I pray that the text today will help us know how we can how we can keep our eyes fixed on you in such a way that we won't. So guide this time, I pray, in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're just about done with our series from Hebrews that talks about what does it mean to live by faith. And uh, it's really interesting as we picked out this theme at the beginning of the year and, and this man who's walking into the fog and into what seems to be uncertainty to be able to think that, Right now, it's all sorts of uncertainty. So I'm so grateful that God led us to this for this year, and I'm grateful for the messages we've had that have allowed us to think of what does it mean to live by faith. Today, we're looking at this idea of what does it mean to be surrounded by the witnesses, surrounded by the witnesses. And the passage that we're looking at comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. It's up on the screen, or you can follow along in your copy of God's Word. Therefore... Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. It's a passage that maybe a lot of us are familiar with. It's a passage that we've looked at several times here over the years at Calvary, but I'd like for us to look at it in light of just finishing up looking at all of the people of faith from chapter 11 of Hebrews. And as Tim walked us through the last couple of weeks, those who, who remained and those who went ahead and 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 all of the different things. And so as we look at that, I I put together a paraphrase of these verses that might be helpful for us. And it's there at the top of your notes. It says, living by faith means that we need to be aware of the witnesses that surround us as we run together. Hard and strong in the race of faith God has entrusted to us having cast off every weight of faithless sin in our lives, keeping a laser focus on Jesus, our great example and champion of faith, looking upward to the prize so that we do not grow weary or lose heart as we run. So this paraphrase allows us to think of this as as the fact that the main idea here is that we're running a race. The main idea is that we're running a race that God has set before us. 
And as we run that race, we're running it with a crowd of witnesses. I have a picture here of a, of a marathon that's being run. And I think what's so significant about this is the fact that we don't run this race alone. We're running this race with other people. And as we run this race with other people, we're running this race with a crowd of witnesses surrounding us. And I think sometimes I, I, I watch the Tour de France and I look at those fans and those witnesses that are just almost touching the people and I think, wow, what if it was that this race that we run, if we were so aware of the witnesses of chapter 11 of Hebrews and others, that we were able to almost feel them touching us. So that's what we're looking at today. And we're looking at the idea that looking there while running here keeps us from growing weary. Looking there while running here keeps us from growing weary. And that, that's that idea of keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. So let's take a look at what exactly that means. The first thing we see is that we get to run a race. And I think that's really important. I think sometimes if we're not careful, we think, oh man, I've got to do this. I have to do this. I have to run this race. But the author of Hebrews doesn't allow us to consider it that way. As he brings this forward to us, and not only him, but Paul does this as well as he talks about running the race. It's this idea that we get to do this. As I was thinking about that, I, uh, this week I, I had a conversation with someone who said that, that they were really disappointed that because of the COVID virus, the, the race that they were going to be part of was called off. And, um, and, and there's a group of people from our church who are taking part in this race or who were going to take part in this race. And, and it's a race from Chicago to Madison. And they were excited that they get to do this. And I'm thinking, I don't want to be able to get to run from Chicago to Madison. But as, as they were looking and so disappointed that they weren't going to be able to run that race. And could I say to you that the race that God has marked out for us is a race that we get to run. It's a race that we can be excited to run. And it's a race that, that we should look forward to with that same kind of anticipation. And that's what the author of Hebrews has us to stop and think about and how the example of the witnesses and looking to Christ can make us excited to be a part of this race. So let's look at that together. The verse, first verse says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So it's that idea of running hard and strong and running together. So the first thing we see is that we get to run a race. And then we see that it's a run of faith. This race that we run is really a run of faith. And that's what we've been looking at. Faith is, is, is holding on to the absolute truth of the hope that, that we have in God. And, and so the race that we run is a run that's filled with and a run that is, is surrounded by faith. And it's the testimony of the witnesses that encourages us along the way. Those witnesses that have gone before us that are surrounding us are the things that encourage us. And as I've been thinking about that, it's the idea of a baton, isn't it? Maybe you've watched a baton race 
where, where the one runner is waiting and waiting for the next runner to put the baton into his hand, and, and then he takes off and runs down the road. The witnesses have already run their leg of the race. They've already run the leg of the marathon that they've been running. And those witnesses have handed the baton off to us. And that baton now becomes what we're holding on to as we run the leg of the race that's been set before us. And that leg of that race that's set before us is the one that we're holding the baton that's been handed to us. It's the baton of faith, if you will. It's the faith that they had that was an example for us, and now we're running with that same type of faith. It's been laid out for us to run, and we run together. We get to run this race, and this race has been laid out for us. This isn't a surprise race. It's a race that God has known about all along, and he has laid this race out before us. He's placed it before us. And, and he's brought us together, if you will, to be able to run this leg. And, and so as we look at it, and, and, and the idea that, that a lot of times the leg of the race that we're running is a leg that we're really never run before. And that's so true in these times, isn't it? I've been talking to a lot of people this past week. And the first week or so, this was a new normal, and so there was, an, there was a novelty to it, and we started to, to get excited about what it could be. But after two or three or four weeks of being in this pandemic response and, and the lockdown and the safer at home and the homeschooling and, and overtime being cut and jobs being cut, the truth is this, this part of the race doesn't feel all that pleasant for a lot of us. Now, I, I'm excited to hear the way that so many of you and so many of us are working together to do as much as possible to make Christ known during these times. But it's wearisome. And so we remember that this, this part of the race has been laid out before us. God has entrusted us. God has entrusted us with this leg of the race. Just as he entrusted Abraham, just as he entrusted Noah, just as he entrusted uh, Sarah and, the, and all of the, the, the great testimony and witnesses of the faith in chapter 11, just as he entrusted a time to them, he has entrusted this time to us. And it's the race that's been laid out before us. But it's important that this author of Hebrews in this verse it's not an individual thing. He says, let us run the race that's marked out before us. It's an us. And yes, we're each running individually, but we're running together. And that's the idea of fellowship. The fellowship that comes from being in the body of Christ. It's, it's not the same as what we think of in, in a day and age of individuality. So many times what we're tempted to think is that we come together as a bunch of individuals. But that's not what biblical fellowship is about. And that's not what it's about for us to run the race together. When, when, God, when God calls us to fellowship, it's fellowship of one body. It's like we're going together as one body to run this leg of the race. We run together. The next thing they see is that we need to be prepared to run. We need to be prepared to run. 
And what that means is that the weight of unbelief must be cast off. The author of Hebrews says it this way. He says, lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. It clings so closely. And, and that's that weight of unbelief, that, that weight of distrust, that, that if we're not careful, it clings to us. Doubt can cling to us. Fear can cling to us. And each one of those things, you see, doubt and fear, those types of things, all they are is a lack of faith. Really, at the end of the day, sin is a lack of faith. Sin is believing that what I have is more important than what God has for me. And instead of trusting God for what he has, I'm going to to do it myself. And and the weight of self-effort can become so great that it just becomes overwhelming. And so the author of Hebrews says, listen, as you're going to run this race, the thing you need to do is cast off this weight of unbelief. And you need to grab hold of faith. And you'll find that that when you take hold of the faith, as we run this race together, as you take hold of faith and cast off the weight of faithlessness, that there's a weight that's gone and you're able to run so much faster. I know in my life, I've... I've weighed different amounts over my life. I've, I've weighed a lot and I've weighed a little. And, and it's amazing because, uh, you know, at this point in time, I'm about, you know, 45, 50 pounds less than I've been at my highest weight. And it's amazing how much quicker I can move when, when I get rid of some of that weight. And it's the same for us as we run this race, isn't it, friend? We can run this race well if we get rid of the weight of faithlessness, that that burden that keeps us from being able to run what God has for us, because we get to run this race, and we get to run it in a way that allows us to win. The second thing we see in our passage is that we get to focus on the greatest example. We get to focus on the greatest example looking to Jesus, the author and founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is amazing. As the author of Hebrews, as he transitions in the letter, and and we realize that the last half of chapter 10 and 11 and these first couple of verses of chapter 12 kind of go together and help us understand of what does it mean to live by faith. And, And he moves from saying that this crowd or this cloud of witnesses, he says, they're great, but your real example is Jesus. We need to look at Jesus because he is our example. He's our forerunner. Chapter 6, verse 20 of Hebrews says, Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. Jesus has gone and he's seated at the right hand of the Father as a forerunner. See, our race ends up with him. Our race ends up with him. 
We, were, we are going to the place where he's gone. He's gone to prepare a place for us. And we're headed to that place. And as we stay focused on that, as we stay encouraged by him, our forerunner, the one who has gone before, the author of Hebrews says, listen, look to Jesus. And that's why the, the idea of looking there while running here is what keeps us from growing weary. Because as we look at Jesus, we see that he is the one who is a perfect example of faith. He's an example of perfect faith. And we're going to see that. We see it in his whole life on earth as he comes and lives his life here, the life that that as a God-man, God in the flesh, and as he lived that, he lived it by faith and obedience to the Father. And, and it says that in our, in our passage here, it says, for the joy set before him endured the cross. And as we step in here to Holy Week, we're going to take a look through, through the service next Sunday at what was the faith of Jesus? Because as our, as our example of perfect faith, as we see that we've finished this chapter of witnesses of faith, but now we're going to take a look at the champion of faith, the author of faith, the founder of faith, Jesus. And we're going to take a look at the faith he had in the Father that allowed him to, to endure the suffering and the scorn and the shame and the disgrace of the cross and allowed him to go all the way to the cross because of the joy that set before him. And we're going to unpack that next week in more fullness, but what we need to look at today is we look to him and we run to be with him. We not only look to him, but we run to be with him. See, he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And that's so powerful to remember, friend. I hope you realize that. I hope you realize that as you, as you fold your hands, as you bow your head, as you, as you as a follower of Jesus begin to pray to God, you're going to the throne room of God where Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he's gone ahead. And so we run here. We, we look to him, but we run to be with him. Paul in Philippians talks about running toward the prize, forgetting everything that is behind and straining on towards what is ahead and running to the prize. And the prize, could I suggest to you, is to be there with Jesus in the place that he's prepared for you. I pray and I trust that you've come to a place where you've realized that your sin has separated you from God. That those things in your life that you've chosen to do that aren't pleasing to God, those things have separated you from God. And they've made it so that it's impossible for you to be in his presence. And there's nothing you can do to take away any of the sins that you've committed. And there's nothing you can do in and of yourself to be found in a place that's right before God. But that's why God sent Jesus. God sent Jesus to earth. And Jesus came to earth to die on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. And he's done that to demonstrate the love that he has for you. So I pray if you've never done it before, you would see that your sin has separated you from God and earned his wrath, and that's an eternal situation. But if you turn to Jesus and if you ask God to forgive you because of the sacrifice that Jesus has made, that the death penalty that he paid would pay the penalty for your sin, if you'd ask God to forgive you, then you can be forgiven 
and you could be in a right relationship with God as you exchange your life of sin for his life of righteousness, as you say, God, I'm tired of making the decisions for my life, and I would ask that you lead my life, you guide my life, I give you control of my life. And then you begin to focus on Jesus as you run. And <laughs> you focus on him and you run to him. And you realize that one day, one point in time, you will, you will be in his presence. And at that point in time, you'll take this baton and you'll hand it back to someone who's coming after you. The final thing we see today is that we get to run without weakness or exhaustion. We get to run without weakness, without exhaustion. And you might be saying, how does that work? Please tell me how that works. Well, the author of Hebrews says, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. We need to remember that this race is a marathon. This race is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And I know so many times for me, I can go really fast for a short amount of time, but to go for a long time is really hard. Maybe it is for you too. I'm not a Chicago to Madison runner. I'm more like a from here to the, to the, to the car type runner, if even that. But this is a marathon, this race that's been entrusted to us. And this leg contains this COVID virus and this pandemic, which is an amazing opportunity for us to make Christ known. But it's also a leg of the journey that's really hard. I think, again, of the Tour de France. And I think of some of the, some of the legs that they have that are relatively easy. They're flat and, and they're short and those kinds of things. But then there's these, these legs that they have that are up in the mountain. And these guys are straining and they're really pushing and really, really doing all that they can. And a bike that goes really fast at one point in time is going really, really slow as they're moving up. And, and, and for some of us, this leg of the journey can feel like that. This leg of the journey can feel like that leg that's going into the mountains. But, but what, what the author of Hebrews wants us to realize is that, that this is one leg in this race that's been entrusted to us. And as we continue to run in faith, we continue to, to take each step and put one in front of the other, we'll be able to do that in a way that will not bring exhaustion to us. Weariness will come if we lose focus. Weariness will come if we lose focus. And that's why it's so important to keep our eyes on the final reward that's at the end of the race, that running to Jesus. Because as we realize, as we're able to take the, the temporary, this, this leg of the race, this, this race that we're in, as we're able to take that and view it as temporary and see it in light of eternity, we'll realize that we can make it through this segment that's been entrusted to us. We can make it through this because the prize is what's waiting for us in heaven. And I think sometimes that's what causes us to get the most exhausted and the most weary. If we're not careful, we begin to focus on the temporary as being eternal. And we can lose sight of the fact that this is just a small segment. We've got a gazillion years 
And that's just the beginning. As we spend eternity in the place that Jesus is going to prepare for us. And so the, the refreshment that's waiting, the author of Hebrews in, a, in an earlier chapter talks, it about, talks about it as being the rest that is waiting for us. So many times I watch races finish and, and, and the runners will get through the tape and then they'll fall on the ground and, and, and they've, they've had everything they've needed to complete the, re- the race, but then they need rest. And I think it's important to remember that the race that we're on, the race that's been entrusted to us, the race of faith that will allow us to be an example for the people who are coming behind us, that race of faith is a race that running as we focus on Jesus and as we allow the strength of Jesus to come into our lives, that is the way that we can make this race in such a way that we step into the rest that eternity holds for us. So the author of Hebrews says, listen, think of this crowd of witnesses around you. The, the witnesses that I've just told you about in chapter 11, consider them and, and, and be aware of them as you run together. Run hard, run strong because you've been entrusted with this time and, and cast off every fear of faithless sin. Cast that off and keep a laser focus on Jesus because his example was to, to look at the joy that was set before him as he endured the cross and look up towards the prize so that you will not grow weary or tired as you run. So what? Are you weary? Have you lost heart? How are you handling that baton? The baton that's been handed off to you, how have you been handling that? And how does the testimony of the witnesses spur you on? Are you keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus? I pray you are. Run strong. Run strong. We're going to sing a song now. And I hope you're singing in your home. (laughs) I know it's kind of strange, but... Yet not I, but Christ in me. And I wonder, as you sing the words of this song, would you realize how they really bring these these words of the author of Hebrew to life? Let's pray and then we'll sing. God, thank you. Thank you for the truth of these verses in Hebrews. Thank you for the power that comes in them. Thank you for trusting us with this leg of the race, with this baton. God, I pray that as we run this together, that we would be encouraging each other, that we'd realize that we get to run this race and we get to focus on our greatest example and we get to run without weakness or exhaustion as we focus on him. So thank you, God. Love you and we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord Lord turn his face toward you and bring you peace. God be with you till we meet again. Keep love's banner floating o'er you. Smite death's threatening wave before you.
God be with you till we meet again. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you again soon. And remember, use this week for work, witness, and worship. God bless. Thank you.